0: I am passionate and believe very much in what Stride is doing with regards to helping teach the world how to build better software. But for me, it is about this idea of building good teams that people want to be a part of and where people can really thrive.
1: This is your badass journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the "Be a Badass: Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life." Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Welcome to your Badass Journey Podcast. Today, I have guest Debbie Madden. She is the CEO and co-founder of Stride Consulting based in New York. She and I originally connected when she was on the cusp of selling one business and decided to start the firm she runs now with her husband, Rex. This serial entrepreneur has an amazing outlook on how leaders should show up for their teams and is currently focused on strategically growing her team to sustain the corporate culture that they cultivated over the last few years as they scale to a much larger firm. We discuss how she integrates who she is and all that she does and how divine obstacles like the cancer scare, a bike accident, you know, regular things that we all deal with have helped her grow as a leader, a wife, and a mother. Make sure you listen through to the end to hear how generous Debbie is an offering by an offering she has on how you can get direct advice from her. Now let's jump into her badass journey. Welcome everybody to your badass journey podcast. Today I have Debbie Madden with me today. Hi Debbie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Debbie is the CEO of Stride in New York City, and this consulting company is a phenomenal one. And I've been lucky to know Debbie in not only social circles, but you know, we kind of came up the ranks together, I would say, <laughs> like around the same time and, and lean on each other when need be. And so, of course, I had to have her on the show and share her with all of you. Um, Debbie, for those that don't know you and who are listening, I would love for you to share your journey of how you got to where you are today as CEO of your own company and um, and just give us a picture of a little bit about who you are.
0: I will do my best to <laughs> compress. <laughs> 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 um, so I've, I've been the the founder and CEO of Stride Consulting for a little over four and a half years now. I think this is the fifth company that I have built from the ground up and the third one that I've, I've run, you know, as CEO, despite that, This journey has actually been a series of what I call happy accidents. I'm so much of a non-traditional entrepreneur that there was a long time when I doubted myself. um, Was I entrepreneurial? um, Did I fit the mold? So I have run my own businesses for almost 20 years now. Uh, The first one was we moved to New York, my husband and I quit our jobs, toured the country, said, what do you want to do next? And my husband said, let's start a company. I said, sure, that sounds great. I don't know what, what, what you're asking me to do, but let's try it. And uh, that company lasted entirety of, um, I think it was two months or something like that. <laughs> uh, the second one lasted uh, about a year. It was another glorious failure. The third company did last 10 years, and it's something I'm very proud of. A company that my husband and I ran together, another software consulting company. And then Stride, I started in 2014, also with my husband, after we kind of learned a lot of our lessons. And uh, this time I said, I really want to truly capitalize on what I've learned. I'm sure there'll be more glorious mistakes moving forward. But this is the, uh, out of all the companies I've started, the one I've been most passionate about because I took the most learning and curious approach out of all the companies I've ever started before. And for me, it's not, about, it's not about the what. I often say it can be as happy running a pizza shop as a software consulting company. Mm-hmm. I am passionate and believe very much in what Stride is doing with regards to helping teach the world how to build better software. But for me, it is about this idea of building good teams that people want to be a part of and where people can really thrive. That's, that's the, the sum of the journey
1: yeah from a work perspective and, and then and then who you are as as a wife and mom and and the journey there that complements it i know you personally and and the way that you integrate both i'm curious for as a leader of a, of a company being a ceo and then also running a household mm-hmm. and you know your marriage you work with your husband as well as you know your home life together tell me a little bit about how you navigate coordinating all that so that that happiness that you strive for, not only in your work life, is also translated into your home life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the thing I know for sure is that no matter what I set out to do, it never matches what actually happens. And over the last 20 years, there have been um, glorious roadblocks, not just roadblocks, but glorious ones. Um, I I battled breast cancer for two years. I had a daughter that was born a pound and a half. My husband got into a bike accident and almost died. And these were things along the way that no one saw coming. And I think for me, I'm not ignorantly assuming that these things aren't going to happen again. I think everyone Um, has their share of shit, right? Like, Like stuff happens to everybody and it's not about playing the victim, it's about taking control and prioritizing, spending your life doing things that you believe are meaningful to you and can have an impact and make you happy. And then doing those things regardless of all the stuff that gets in the way, because stuff is going to get in the way and stuff's going to happen and stuff's going to hold you back and slow you down and just embrace all that's coming. We don't know what the future holds, but I know that there's going to be more of those glorious roadblocks ahead. And it's about just prioritizing and say, these are things I want to do in my personal life. These are a the small handful of things I want to do in my career. And okay, they might be delayed, but they're still going to happen, right? That's kind of been my attitude this whole time.
1: Yeah, it's like it's staying in flow, right? And, and checking in with what is working, what isn't working, what needs to change, like how do you overcome it? It's very, it's very much the agility that I know you apply in your software delivery. It's having that same type of agility in the home life, right? Or just life in general. It doesn't even have segregation, especially when you're running your own company. Like it's it's (laughs) it's all has to integrate really well. You know, because I have I have that theory of like I don't believe in the whole balance um, concept work-life mm-hmm. balance doesn't make sense to me because it feels like you're still trading things off. Like balance right. means that you have to decrease one side for, or add something to the other side right. and it's constantly competing. And so I always talk about, you know, work-life integration, which is mm-hmm. great that you're finding the, the skills and the tools, not only to apply in work and home, but it's about that alignment for yourself. Which right, is, and, which is yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah. And you said something a second ago, which I think is key, which is this idea of, you didn't say the word retrospecting, but you were talking. about yeah, nice. I, I yeah, similar. Right. Like literally in the Madden household, we have every time we host a, a holiday event at our house, we will have a retrospective. We will say, okay, did we put out the dinner too soon? Did we invite too many people? We literally go back and examine what we did and try to make that event better. Let's not invite this person next time unless we're sure that we can have this for them because it makes them miserable if you don't have this. (laughs) (laughs) It makes makes everything more manageable. The more you can, I find the more I can do things where I feel in control of things, the happier I am. I think that's true for a lot of people. You don't have to control everything. You're never going to, but just understanding I can control These things and do the things within your control that make you and the people around you happy, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then don't worry about the rest as much as you can. There really is not like you just have to not worry about everything.
1: Yeah, uh, there is no
0: balance. You can't you can't try to do
1: no. And it's it's literally about what, like you said, the top priority for right now. How best can you show up in it? What are the items you can control, right? And then putting that forward and finding that um, whatever didn't get done probably wasn't a priority anyway. You right. know, like that's the other that's the other side of things that I love to remind people of as well, because it, it can be so, you can just create so much stress for no reason. And especially, mm-hmm. you know, for you in the years where you're launching your company and you're, you discovered you had breast cancer and then going through treatments and questioning, because I, I read it in the Inc. article, you know, how you question, like, do you even keep the company intact while you go through mm-hmm. that process? And yeah. You know, there's so many people out there that have um, health management requirements, Mm -hmm. right? Like while you're still trying to do your best in all these other arenas, you know, you want to play in. So as you've gone through it and you're on now the the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, (laughs) um, of cancer. What advice would you give other folks that have that? You know, a health management challenge while trying to exercise other sides of their mind and capabilities, you know, what were the tools you, 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 leveraged to get through that?
0: I was fortunate to be able to ask myself, do I love my job? And fortunately also I said, yes. So I kept running the business, but it's interesting. I learned how to fully and completely delegate mm-hmm. because <laughs> there was no choice. And so I think for me, I I tried to find whatever small sliver of positive during all, you know, going through health issues. If you personally don't feel well, it's hard to view anything as positive. But the biggest positive thing to come out of the journey was really, truly being able to trust other people with whole things because I was simply absent for, for stretches of time. And that actually is one of the things that I credit for helping Stride be as successful as we are today. Because I, there's no way I was letting go that much if I, if I didn't have to. I, you know, Let's just be honest. I, I, I would have definitely held on a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have definitely been uh, more controlling. Delegating is not natural for me. And so it was really nice. And then the harder part was actually keeping that up once I got better. I wanted to take it all back.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a valid challenge, for right? Sure. Yeah, that,
0: that was actually it was it was actually relatively easy to delegate because I literally couldn't couldn't right, so I had no choice. Oh. But then once I was able to take it back, it took a lot of um, willpower. <laughs> Tonight. yeah and
1: conditioning still, still, it's a, yeah still on that, so. <laughs> you're like holding your own hand back like yeah. I'll take that yeah. yeah like you have to slap your own hand i mean but it's such a great awareness because then i'm sure it also allows you to flex different muscles giving the time back in a sense right like or a new time i should say because you're still responsible obviously for the the output that comes up when you do delegate right and it's under your management but then now it's like, well, what do you do with your your so-called free time, right? Or the, the time remaining that you right, would have been right. controlling and doing. And so that generates generally new business um, because that you have that time to now go meet with more people, for example, you know? Right. So,
0: yeah, it did. I was able to, to literally... Being a CEO is interesting because it's one title as you grow, but it's really... I think I've had in four years, four different distinct jobs, right? And this year, especially... Large part, and thanks to the setup we've had the first three, three and a half years, my job is is distinctly different than it was even last year, and it's it's a job that I love, right? It is it is really focusing on the vision, the strategy of the business. How do we build a team that continues to enable us to scale? And those are to me really hard problems that I'm still learning how to solve, right? I don't have all the answers. Like I've never grown you know a 100 million dollar business before and i hope for this to be that right but yeah um, i think most people that do these types of of um scaling innovative startups have never done it before and they rely on people around them and they rely on advice from others outside the company so i'm able to do those sorts of things now and it's a very rewarding job this you know this CEO job, and we'll see how my job changes next year. But for this year,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a very rewarding job. I love it. And it's so great that you're open to the flexibility on how your role is defined year over year, because I've also seen, and I know you've worked with a lot of C-suite, you know, um, executives of the companies that you service. And, you know, and and sometimes, I'm sure you've come across the, the stunted executive, you know, the one that just wants to continue to do what they know and that's all they know. And then you realize that as a leader, if you continue that way, your business doesn't grow past your own growth plan. Right. You know, right. so having that flexibility and openness, i am it's going to be fun to watch as you Thanks. go towards <laughs> <laughs> that, that $100 million mark because I know if anyone you'll be someone that will hit it, which is, which is awesome. You know? Know.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try. Right.
1: That's yeah, great. How I'm curious too, because you're one of the, the few and I, I I've coached partners, uh, partnerships before as well as, um, couples who are in business together, you know, mm-hmm. what would you, um, advise or, or help share, um, with listeners who are contemplating or in a partnership with their spouse, um, or partner in life, in business, how to navigate that integration, you know, with home and work and the climb of it all. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think Rex, my husband and I, we've worked together for the better part of 15 years. And in that time, there have been both different businesses and different roles. And sometimes we worked literally side by side all day. And sometimes we didn't see each other. At Stride, we did found the company together and Rex was a part of the business for the first two years. And now he doesn't work in the business day to day. He's on our board. So now this is a new, you know, a new relationship, right? So he's essentially the founder and a board member, but but he doesn't see the day-to-day. So do I want to spend my my personal time catching him up to the things he missed? Does he want to hear it? Right. So there's there's new challenges. I think. To me I've always maintained that my marriage comes first, even if the um, the cost is literally the business um, in its entirety and I think that is something that I both decided and I said out loud to my husband and I think that's really important like you have to decide there's been I've been interviewed a lot on this topic and people have literally gotten divorced mm-hmm. over working together. Or have really terrible marriages, so I think you decide what's right for you, but it's and it doesn't have to stay the same over the years but for me it has and always will be given everything I know today mm-hmm. and my marriage comes first um, completely. but I think if you have that discussion, then it makes everything easier and then and then we have like sort of we have um, guidelines which I break all the time, let's be honest but <laughs> try not to talk about work late at night, you know, these types of things. Yeah. And I try my best to adhere to these guidelines as much as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's always room, right, to, to, to fumble here and there. But I, I like that at least it's stated, you know. So a lot of the times where I see partnerships falter, whether you're in a relationship together also while well, trying to run a business, is that guidelines are not even set, you know, mm-hmm. and um, how to operate together, it's similar. how you know in the agile world that that we both have been a part of, when you bring teams together, if you don't kind of outline how you'll operate and come together, then it can also be a mishap on the product. Same thing goes for par- partnerships and leaderships. And I know that you recently wrote an article too on the leadership. Scrum meeting, you know, mm-hmm. and like how you know you set the tone, and you and you also have your check-ins, and that, that's a guideline, that's a ceremonial guideline yeah. on how you come together and lead, and it helps you with that um, autonomy that you try to create, which you need in partnerships, you know, especially too. Like, and I, it's great that the role has evolved, that he's on the board now, and and you know you're in the day to day still, because I love that you're going to stretch, it, you know, as as a partnership as well, like a. Intimate partnership, you know, yeah. learning that side of things too, because it can easily break, like you said, <laughs> um, marriage, right. you know, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah, there's multiple points at which it can break, right? I mean, even you know, as we go to the leadership team at Stride, we're continuously talking about who has um, the accountability versus responsibility for each of the business areas. That includes all parties. That includes the board, the leadership team, the employees, everybody. Mm-hmm. So you really have to continuously check in on that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think there's any more effective way to, to run a business than to really get a bunch of people in the room, uh, work on building real trust, and then explicitly stating who's accountable and responsible for each area. And then, like anything, as you grow, it has to change, right? Yeah. So the want the the roles that we have in place today will not be the roles we have in place in six to 12
1: months from now. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause you go from, I, I, I mean, there's the startup phase, obviously and I call it the startup to grow up phase yep. and then there's the, you know, like, because that it, who you were when you first started is not who you are d- during certain stages and that right. growth spurt is needed, but it's yep. also great to recognize like, is this the right fit? You know, for what we have to deal with right now and where we're, we're trying to go, because as you scale, you know, running a hundred million dollar business versus, you know, a one million dollar business, it's a whole different scale of infrastructure operations, you know, yeah. et cetera. And so yeah. leaders have to grow with you, which is great because I'm sure you lead by example in that regard as well. But it's great that you also create a forum for it, for the conversation, for the transparency, you know, for right. the accountability. Because a lot of the time I, I see assumption leadership in action and mm-hmm. then that shows up in your bottom line too. Right, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And I
0: think, you know, one, one thing that is really important to me is that I'm not exempt from... Being under the magnifying glass, right? So if if I wouldn't rehire myself, or if my team at one point believes that I'm, you know, not the best person for the job that I'm fulfilling, then I need to be able to hear that, and they need to be able to tell me that it can't. If I'm exempt from it, the whole thing doesn't work, right? Like every single person has to be part of that conversation.
1: Which is great because when um, when you are that transparent right. with the fact that you would accept if if you were not a fit and move on to whatever's next, mm-hmm. uh, it helps everybody speak up much faster and not fester. Right. You know, like <laughs> there's the that festering that happens of the sidebar conversations or right. you know when you start to see groups collect and talk and you're not really hearing it all. Like that's that's a number one flag that it might be you know, uh, a leader shutting their ears off. And then that affects again, that bottom line too, and the total function of the company. So that's great. Cause I, and I'm sure your clients benefit from that activity too. And seeing that as part of your firm, um, that transparency and accountability is, is key, you know, and that everyone's individually growing, you know, too, which is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I believe that they do. You know, the ones I speak with, when I speak with, I try to talk to the clients as much as possible, all the employees as much as possible. And I do get that feedback, but we don't aim, you know, I I tell everyone that works at Stride that I, I don't hold people to perfection, but I do hold them to perfect intention. So we're going to make mistakes, but it's not about, we can't be afraid to try and fail, but we do have to hold ourselves to this idea of being, have perfect intention when it comes to things like, you know, respect for other people, learning from failure and these sorts of things.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that perfect intention. That it, That's so key because it's not, you know, a lot of the times people can have a sh- chip on their shoulder because of past experiences and think that there's like a malicious intent, right? Right. Like, (laughs) you know, just because of some experience they had before and a story they're telling themselves. And then you're bringing all that baggage to the, now it doesn't make sense, but all going in with this like positive intention and trying to make sure that you're being open to, to what comes back and redefining it and, and, you know, up-leveling it basically as you go forward. That's awesome. It's a great way to um, to lead a group. Uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, as you are, um, you know, stand today, and like, you know, what is it that you're focused on now, or trying to personally lead for yourself, as well as you know, for your business.
0: Um, how much time you got? Watcher <laughs> <laughs> That's That's list. <laughs> Dying question. <laughs> top three. Top three. <laughs> um, uh, so, I think one one of the things that I'm currently very much a student of is this idea of myself and the leadership team at Stri transitioning. From what I call player coaches into coaches, I don't call it that. It's a philosophy that I've adopted from a bunch of business books that I've read. But this idea of leading by um, having the right questions to ask and by being good at predicting the future, mm. right? It's it's very. Of course, we always want to model the way and lead by example. I think. In order for a company to any company to really continue to scale and grow to the next level, which we're in the process of of aiming to achieve, the people in the company really need to get good at not solving the problems, but we need to be raising the right questions, developing the next generation of leaders, um, and giving people the tools they need and. That is a lot harder than solving a problem oneself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for me. And it's something that I am uh, furiously learning and experimenting with, coaching coaches so that we can grow teams of teams. Uh, And it's really, really exciting stuff. I think for me, growth just for growth's sake isn't particularly exciting. Mm -hmm. But this idea of growing a team of people that can then lead another group of people in a meaningful way so that we can impact more and more people that's really exciting right and i think for me you know we we are services business so we are only as good as our people our people are our product right so the, the folks that work at stride we pour everything into learning and development and educating and upskilling our team because that is that is literally and figuratively everything to us. So how do you train an organization to train itself is really exciting. And that that will enable growth and that will enable us to uh, work with more teams and have more impact in, in creating best practices and software development, hopefully across the world over time. And... I sigh, the, the balance is uh, doing it without breaking culture.
1: Right.
0: I think for me, that is, you know, if you you know told me in five years from now, my business can be 10X and everyone would be miserable, I would say no thanks. Right. right? So I think for me, that's the key. How do you measure when your culture is at risk of breaking? Right? Like, I believe we have a great culture today. What mm-hmm. if that starts to deteriorate? Will I see it? Well, I've seen it soon enough. So those are, you know, I'm 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 practicing and very much intent on scaling a business in a meaningful way while maintaining what I believe to be a really great culture. I think it's the best culture. I know it's the best culture I've ever been a part of. Yeah, and it's something that I'm very proud of, and it's something that I'm very intent on maintaining as we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, personally, you know, I think my the mom side of me, my kids are at a time where you know I'm starting to value our time together more than they are uh-huh. <laughs> right they're They're eleven and thirteen, so how do I you know stay a cool mom <laughs> 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 stay stay involved in their lives with with you know giving them the space to grow up? I think that's um you know talk to me in ten years or twenty years to see yeah. if I needed at that, but that's something that I'm very aware of right now,
1: yeah. Well, what you know, first the topic on on what you're trying to do is you grow your business and um, sustain that culture. What the thoughts that came to mind are, you're really trying to create a legacy-based business as a mm-hmm. service, which mm-hmm. is challenging because not only does your team work in your corporate environment, but they're part of your client's corporate environment right. for periods of time as they deliver, and right. and it's very challenging to toggle between it. You know, with the hope that the benefits of your corporate culture and your um, energy that you bring can can seed into the companies and the clients that your your team works for. Right. But how to how to sustain that? And what what came to mind is you know if you think about um, cultural tribes and you think about the ceremonies that go around it. You know, just mm-hmm. same with agility. There are ceremonies around that as well, that keep the construct together, but then get tweaked, right? Mm-hmm. Based on personality, based on demand, like based on, <laughs> you know, what works, what didn't. And so that's fascinating that that's the phase that um, as a leader you're at and trying to navigate, you know, what are the, the legacy-based learnings, right, mm-hmm. that you can continue to build your team against and build those coaches of coaches, And then also identify what are the consistent ceremonial activities that really define the stride culture, you know, and and it's going to be fun, um, to witness and watch. And of course, if I can help you in any way, you know, I got your back, but
0: I, I know you do. And I appreciate that. One thing that you said, which is we're in the middle of this now when you say consistent ceremonies. So we're finding that although we are a relatively small business, we're 70 people, mm-hmm. um, we have grown a lot recently, right? In the last six months, I think we've grown from 50 to 70. So that's 20 people adding on top of it. That's almost half, right? Yeah, no,
1: that's a that's a huge growth spurt, yeah. Right,
0: so it, it is, we feel it. And so we have set up ceremonies Less than a year ago, that we're already having to re question, right? So, yep. one thing we do, you talk about the culture and the tribes. And so, we were small enough to get together as a whole company. Uh, we used to do, or we still do, a monthly lean coffee where we get together once a month, one hour. Doing that with 70 people versus 50 is a meaning you could feel it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. There's too many people, mm. yet, we still love the idea of getting together. So, mm-hmm even last week we had one and we, we now we've broken out into four different groups. So we have four topics going on once instead of one. So we can't even, or we choose not to, uh, keep the same ceremonies, even though they seem relatively new, right? They haven't even been um, around for a year. Uh, we really do want to make sure that we are doing things that make sense for us today. Yep. Um, even though they, they worked six months ago. Doesn't mean they work today. So yeah,
1: it, there's an evolution for sure with the size growth and and the amount of people. And I think it uh, from a leadership team standpoint, you know, just like every employee wants to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's making sure that there's that consistency as well. That even if you're, let's say, for example, one variation of your of your coffee meeting is that you know there's a rotation of who leads each so-called tribe and then mm-hmm. and then you you switch it up like every quarter so it's still yep. the consistency of the ceremony but right. then, but then you're having the also the consistency of of touch points you know of, right. of the conversation and making sure each leader is getting to know each employee yep. as well as each team member having that time together because it's it's so worthwhile. And the fact that you even focus on it, most companies get to where you're at in size and they neglect that connection time. Right. And, right. and then, and then that is 100% when you start to see the, the breakdown of why things aren't working and you end up in a situation where it's more of an emergency than mm-hmm. a quick fix, you know, <laughs> Right. <Yeah. laughs> you know, that like, could, affect things. So it's beautiful that you have your eye on it because that's all you can do in your learning, in your learning process, right? Yep, but absolutely. It, it's so beautiful that you do it, you know, and and, you. And, and it can actually be, um, I don't know, are, are your teams all co-located? They're all in New York or are they all over? Like how do you do it with anybody remote? Um, yeah, we only
0: actually have at the moment one remote developer in, okay. in Colorado and everyone else is in New York, but This poor gentleman has to be the only person to, you know, Google Hangout in every.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you, in Colorado, there's some serious coffee shops that he better be checking out and and like Google Hangout from one of them and and kind of sending you guys maybe some coffee to try at your next (laughs) I will tell them. (laughs) There's some great shops out there. So you can also engage on the actual product that you're sipping. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) I will tell them. (laughs) Oh, Debbie, this has been awesome. I I would love, um, first, I want to thank you for giving me your time today and and sharing a piece of yourself uh, with our listeners because I know they will benefit from the conversation. If anybody wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
0: Um, well, thank you so much for having me. It's um, I always love talking to you, and I'm glad we can have this conversation for others to hear as well, yeah. because you and I have had this conversation you know, over the years, so yeah. it's been um, <laughs> a lot of fun. So I believe that these conversations are the beginning of future conversations. And I do this every time I speak, whether it's in public or via webinar or recorded. If anyone has any question, the best thing I can offer you is um, a conversation. Uh, email me, Debbie at stridenyc.com, and ask me a specific question. It's very hard for me to have a conversation with you when you say, I need your help. Okay, about what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't, I want to get a job and I can't get a job. Well, okay, right. tell me more. I need to know right. more. <laughs> if you have something that you've heard today, or something that you've heard me speak about before, and you have a specific question, I am more than happy to give you my, you know, best fifteen thirty minutes of advice. Either I can help you with um, thinking about things in a way you might not be yet, or I might be, in, be able to introduce you to someone that that you don't yet know that I think would be a good person for you to connect with. I, I think a lot of times people are shy about asking for help, and I yeah. think that we can all like this is just one big, like six degrees of separation. I think we can really help each other out. So, and also the other side of it is I'm allowed to ask you for help too.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> we right. We all have to ask each other it's for help. It's It's yeah. key. It, it's key yeah. when you're building um, and, re- con- and connecting with folks for sure. And that's very generous of you. And I will definitely put that in the show notes um, so that folks know how to connect and make sure you're clear with your question when you reach out to Debbie. And as we close out today's uh, conversation, I'm curious if you would just give me a a simple definition of what you think a badass is.
0: Not giving up when things get hard.
1: Truly badass, and I appreciate (laughs) you. I appreciate you so much, Debian. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you
0: for having me, it was a pleasure.
1: Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, Please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.